Welcome to the Constructionist Podcast, hosted by Caleb. Just as we grow gardens and build buildings, God is building you through the renewing of your mind. The sufficiency of the scriptures is paramount in your journey, and every week, Caleb will challenge you to make them a central part of your life and worldview. Join us now as we explore the world through the ancient lens of God's Word. Hello friends and welcome back to the Constructionist Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about a subject that may be a little difficult to talk about uh, because it sort of gets us in our comfort zone, so to speak. And that subject is suffering. But suffering covers a broad scale or a broad scope of things. Uh, In particular, today we want to talk about suffering in relation to walking in obedience to Christ because that kind of suffering is maybe a little bit unique, because I think in our Western way of thinking about things, a lot of us probably don't really think that we are suffering for Christ. Now, I would encourage you, if you want to bother to go and look it up, if you could take some time to listen to the Voice of the Martyrs podcast, that comes out pretty much on a weekly basis, And that podcast typically always has an interview by somebody who is involved with the persecuted church. And so sometimes there's someone who's actually been persecuted themselves, thrown in prison or on the run or something like that. But uh, or someone who works with people within the persecuted church. So uh, I would recommend going back to one of our previous podcasts, I think it's entitled ISIS, uh, Imprisoned with ISIS, is what I think it's entitled. And in that I do a sort of brief book review of Peter Yesick's book, which is called Imprisoned with ISIS. And he talks about his time in prison and how he ended up there and what he was doing in, I want to say, Sudan, northern Sudan, and, uh, and the kind of things that God just walked him through while he was there. Another person I can mention is reading the works of Richard Wormbrand, particularly his book, Tortured for Christ. Not an easy read. Uh, not a very big book either, but not an easy read uh, in that it's not like it's difficult to understand. It's just a very heart-wrenching book to get through. Uh, but also his book, In God's Underground, is very useful and helpful as well in understanding sort of the mindset that should be had if you are in prison or suffering for your faith. Now, one of the reasons why I bring this up is because in Hebrews, it talks about remembering those who are in chains as if you're in chains with them. You can look that up in Hebrews. And we've been doing sort of a study or sort of a gloss over the book of Philippians. And let me read this one verse to you out of Philippians, where Paul says, uh, this is still in chapter 1, and we'll start out with verse 12. But I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel, so that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. And most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. So he's talking about his chains I think I mentioned in a previous podcast that being in a Roman prison was not a picnic. They didn't have social programs like we do today. You weren't given, you know, exercise time. You certainly weren't given three meals a day. Uh, you were just locked in the dark and you were stuck there until 
it was time for your trial, and then you were tried, and you were either put to death or put into exile or sent off as a slave or something like that. So now, bear in mind, Paul was a Roman citizen, so he may have been treated, probably was treated better than your average slave. But if you remember when Paul was in Philippi, if you go back and read Acts 16, he was put into the inner prison of the prison, which was a really dark and terrible place where you were chained to the wall and stuff like that. Uh, so we don't 100% know that that's where he was when he was writing this letter. He, a lot of people say it was house arrest. Uh, but at the same time, he, we do know from church tradition that he was definitely in this terrible prison in Rome. I can't remember, Lateran Prison, I think it was called which you can still go visit today. My mother and father-in-law have been to Rome. They've been down into the prison. Uh, they said it was nicer than what Paul would have <laughs> would have been stuck to because they actually had a staircase. Uh, back in the day, they would have just let him down with a rope or something and dumped him down there. So Paul knows what a bad place is like. He knows what being in chains is like. And you can read uh, in his other writings that the times that he had been beaten, the times he'd been stoned, the times that he'd been you know, destitute un, uh, because of shipwreck floating around in the ocean. Uh, you know, all sorts of terrible things happened to Paul in his life. And uh, all because he was out doing missionary work or preaching the gospel, planting churches, things like that. So I don't know about you, but uh, there is a sense that uh, if you're not being hit, then maybe you're not moving forward. <laughs> Put it that way, I think. Uh, you know, there's a lot of ministry going on in the Western world. There's churches all over the place, but we see the church on the decline. And there is a sense that there is a need for revival. I don't know if you've thought of it. Uh, I certainly have thought of it on a number of occasions that there is need for revival. And in this country, in America, where I'm standing right now, uh, I don't see that we are being persecuted in the same sense that we are in, say, an Islamic country or a communist country, or someplace like that. We're not being persecuted in the same sense. It's not people with guns coming after us. Um, but there is very clearly an attack on the church. It doesn't take long to, you know, read the news and find out what, you know, the, the liberal world thinks, or the, the people who uh, are in the media and things like that. They kind of have these weird ideas about Christianity or whatever. People, I think in many ways, just don't really understand it and don't take the time to learn about it. But there is definitely a spirit. There's definitely a, a zeitgeist, if you could say, a spirit of the age that is dominant right now. And it, to me, it's becoming more and more sharp between people who are uh, in Christ and people who are not in Christ. And that division is becoming more and more clear. And so let me talk about this thing about being in chains. So Paul's mission was to preach the gospel where it had not been preached. And so he wasn't trying to follow up on other missionaries or other church planters. He was wanting to go out and do his thing. And in the process, he ruffled a lot of feathers. You can read the book of Acts and see what kind of struggle and troubles that he was getting himself into uh, here and there. And it's just by virtue of the fact that he was presenting the gospel, which was so different to the system that was in place at the time and still different to the system that we have uh, the world's thinking today. Uh, maybe I'll do a podcast one day on the differences between the way the world thinks and the way that the New Testament tells us we should be thinking. But having said all that, um, 
I want to talk about this idea of suffering and what it is supposed to be doing within us. So Paul says here that it's become evident that his chains are in Christ and that the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. So Paul is is stating that his persecution, his imprisonment, is actually creating a boldness within the rest of the body of Christ. And I think this makes itself evident here recently. We listened to the Voice of the Martyrs podcast, and it had John Short on it. John Short is an Australian chap who's lived in Hong Kong for many, many years, and he has taken a number of trips into North Korea. And on one of his trips into North Korea about five or so years ago, he was detained because he was caught handing out tracts or something like that, some kind of Christian literature. And so he was actually put into, uh, not jail, I wouldn't call it jail, but a detention room where he was interrogated and he was asked to you know, write about his entire life since he was a teenager and they wanted to know who he was working with and who was funding him and all this stuff. You can listen to the podcast. Uh, just go to Voice of the Martyrs. The VOM radio podcast and do a search for John Short and it'll come up. They interviewed him two times and his wife once as well. And they're really useful to listen to because one of the things he says is that his time in prison, because of his contacts within the church of China, his time in prison actually strengthened the church in China to be more prayerful and more proactive and more bold in their faith. And I'm hoping that when I say these things to you, it will encourage you as well to be more proactive and bold in your faith. Now, I know there's a kind of trepidation that comes when we think about saying these things, because there's a sense where it just seems stupid to us. And I know what you mean. You know, you get to where you want to explain the gospel to somebody, and then you think to yourself, well, they're just going to think I'm ludicrous. You know, and there's a sense where that's true. People will kind of think, you're ludicrous, but we have to get beyond that, and we have to think beyond that as well, and pray beyond that in order to have the right mindset, because Paul says what his chains did was they emboldened those who were, uh, who heard that he was in prison. Now, uh, this idea of being strengthened or emboldened, the body of Christ is a mystical sort of thing, in that Jesus is the head. This is what Ephesians 1, uh, Colossians chapter 1. Paul writes about the head being Christ, and the body is the church. And Christ, uh, the fullness of Christ that fills all in all. So it's weird. Read the last two or three verses of Ephesians chapter 1 and try to get your head around these things, and try to get your head around the idea of being a part of the body of Christ. It is really a weird thing to think about, but at the same time, it should give us a sense of, wait a minute, I'm not living the fullest life that appears to be possible to live. Uh, there's something just not quite, <laughs> quite meshing with this picture. And I've pondered this for years, this idea of, are we really living to the fullest extent that God would want us to live? 
and I'm kind of a quiet person, I guess. I don't really push myself forward that much. And so for me, it's a little hard. Also, I grew up in a Christian home, and maybe you did too, uh, where I find that people who became believers er later in their life uh, tend to be more bold about their faith than those of us who grew up in the church. So I find that my inclination is much more toward Bible teaching, discipleship, things like that. Not so much, you know, going out on the street and handing out tracts, although I've done that. So, um, uh, but it's a challenge for me to do it. So I need boldness in my own life, if I'm going to be 100% honest. I need to have this uh, instilled within me. So there's a strengthening that needs to take place. Now, Paul was suffering in a prison. He talks about his chains, my chains. In Galatians, he talks about bearing in his body the marks of the Lord Jesus. He was physically um, persecuted, I guess you could say. I mean, he was beaten is what happened to him. And so he literally has scars on him. And Richard Wormbrand was the same. The Romanian pastor from the 1950s and 60s came out of prison, came to America, and he had scars on his body that he received in communist prisons where he was beaten. Um, but we, as those who have not been beaten, <laughs> need to be aware that uh, there's a strength that can come from that. So I'm going to encourage you to read the stories of people who have suffered from their faith, and then make an effort to be more bold in your own faith and to go out and uh, share the gospel and to live the gospel. And if someone, you know, looks at you and says, are you a Christian? To say, yes, I am a Christian. You know, would you like to talk about that? Or something to that effect. Um, you know, or, or offer to buy them a cup of coffee to talk about why you say certain things or why you believe certain things. You know, this is important to do because there needs to be this dialogue taking place between the church and unbelievers. And so, and in the midst of all that, for evangelism and the gospel to be proclaimed to happen. Okay. So it's like try, I mean, this strength that comes is like trying to lift weights. You know, Olympic weightlifters don't start out lifting 180 pounds or 200 pounds or 300 pounds. They start out by lifting 50 pounds or 70 pounds or 80 pounds or whatever it is that they're comfortable with. They start with that, but there's always pressure back on them. So if you take a step forward and say, okay, I'm going to share the gospel with someone, there's going to be a pushback. And someone is going to say something that is going to make you go, oh, that was hard to hear. But we need to be patient, we need to be gentle, we need to be loving and kind, and we need to push back again. Because when we push back again, that's what creates a strength within us. And it's not our responsibility to work out what, um, you know, the reaction. We're not there to say, well, they're going to react like this, and so therefore I won't do that. You know, we need to suck it up, and we need to put it in the Lord's hands, and we need to respond, okay? That's what needs to be done. And it could be a challenge. You know, and recently I had to ask somebody to not use the name of the Lord Jesus Christ as a swear word. And he was kind enough to respond back and say, well, OK, I mean, you said to me uh, that you wouldn't mock uh, gender shifting people and you haven't done that. So I'll honor your request. And he even said, even though I don't understand why you're asking me this. So, and I responded by saying, well, you know, you want to I'll buy you a cup of coffee. We can get together one day and discuss it. And I've not heard anything back from that, 
but I see him on a regular basis and it was something that had to be said. It had to be done. You know, I had to ask him and say, please don't use the name of the Lord Jesus Christ as a swear word you know, or in that way or however I worded it. He knew what I meant. So, you know, we have to make these statements and I think it's important for us to do that. Um, and it's important for us to, you know, leave tracks here and there and give them to people in the drive-thru. You know, I, I do sometimes when I go through the drive-thru, I hand them a track and I say, here, this is something you can read in your quiet time. Or sorry, not your quiet time, in your break time. You know, maybe it is a quiet time, but in your break time. And these are things that need to be done. And I think to myself on a regular basis, someone is in prison for their faith. Somebody like John Short uh, is being detained and they're being interrogated and they're being questioned. There's somebody out there in China who is just trying to give someone else a Bible and they got arrested for it. There's somebody there in North Korea who's now being put in a prison camp, a labor camp, a terrible place where they may very well die in the next month because they shared the gospel with somebody. There's somebody in a Muslim country who is trying to tell their brother or their sister or their mother about Jesus and they're flipping out and they kick him out of the house and they say, you are not our daughter, or our son anymore. These are stories I've read dozens, if not dozens and dozens and dozens of times, hundreds of times. I've heard these stories of these people who have who have walked this path before. And I wanted to create a boldness within me, and I would love it if it created a boldness within you. So let's pray for our fellowships. Let's pray for the churches that we're part of. Let's pray for believers that we know around us. So I'm sort of putting out this call to pray for a, a revival of the church, to be revived. Now, when I say revival, I don't mean in the traditional sense that we think of revival of lots of people getting saved. I mean it in the sense of strengthening and reviving believers themselves. The church itself needs to be revived. We unfortunately think of revival as lots of people getting saved. That's just the outpour. That's the fruit. That's, that's, that is what happens when the church is revived. Revival isn't unsaved people getting saved. Revival is people within the church gaining this new life in Christ. Now, there is a revival that took place in the Old Testament in the days of Josiah. <clears throat> if you go back and read that, Josi Josiah was a king of Israel that followed a wicked king, Manasseh. And Manasseh, <laughs> there was nothing good said about Manasseh. Although at the very, very, very end of his life, he did turn back to the Lord. Uh, he did turn to the Lord. But for his entire life, he was into necromancy. He was into um, killing people. He was into idol worship. He was into sexual morality. All sorts of horrible things is what King Manasseh was involved with. But in the midst of all that, uh, Josiah, his son, comes up, and Josiah is presented with a copy of the scriptures that was rediscovered in the temple, because he was working on cleansing out the temple, building the temple back up to having rooms that had never been, haven't been looked in in years, um, looked back into again. And in the midst of all that, they found a copy of the Law of Moses. Apparently, it had been lost for a very long time. And so when he read it, it says he rent his clothes and he basically reestablished the purity of the faith back within Israel again. And that's what I mean when I'm talking about a revival. I want to see everyone who listens to this podcast, 
be so taken up with living what the New Testament says and the book of Acts says a believer should be living, including myself. So I'm preaching to myself. So taken up in this that we're praying for fellow believers to rediscover the word of God, to just rediscover the Lord, to be revived into a new life in the spirit. So I really hope that that's something that you can fling yourself into. And as a result, that you will see fruit come. But when that fruit comes, there will be a pushback. And when that pushback happens, I pray that we can in love and kindness and gentleness push back again. So there will be a pushback. And it's something that I know was going to happen in my own life if I take a step out and start talking about the Lord and start um, praying more earnestly for the church, uh, my church that I go to and even ones that my relatives go to. Uh, there's going to be pushback that's going to happen, and that's what we have to endure through. Paul was willing to be thrown into prison and slapped with chains on himself, but when that happened, it created a boldness in other people. And so the question is, is are you going to raise your hand and say, yes, I'm willing, and go forward in that? So I would ask that you read the New Testament, read the book of Philippians, read the book of Colossians, meditate on Colossians 1, 2, and 3, uh, meditate on Philippians, and in the midst of it, uh, step out in boldness to say, I am going to live this life that Jesus bought for me, and I'm empowered by the Spirit. So God bless you, and uh, carry on with the Lord, and with seeking Him in all things, and living in boldness. God bless you. Have a good day. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. If you were challenged and encouraged by what you heard today, please feel free to share it with any friends or family you like. You're welcome to email us at calebtheelectrician at gmail.com. That's calebtheelectrician at gmail.com. And remember to leave a comment at iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere that you listen to podcasts.